This is the Media Majors podcast. Stop singing. Stop singing with the beat. This is Media Majors. I'm Liam Sr. This is Tom Lockney. Jesus Christ. This is the this is going to be the theme of the podcast. You are singing over it. This is Media Majors. This is the live. Heaviest air quotes. This is an up. This is Media Majors. We have other people in the room because we're bored. Yeah. There's three other people in the room. Well, you know, sometimes. Way to spoil the fucking surprise, Eric. Yeah, it's not like we haven't talked about this for every episode the past six weeks. Literally saying who's going to be the guest. Yup. I have different personas I was going to date. Liam, what is this podcast about? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Terrible idea. Yeah. This is a storytelling podcast about media. My name's Liam Sr., and I talk about movies and television. And my name is Tom Lockney, and I talk about video games and internet culture. And this is our uh, quote-unquote live episode. Yes. It's our big 23rd episode. Oh, today. yeah. Hey, Woo! 23. Oh, what? That actually is a pretty fun coincidence. One of our <laughs> guests is actually turning 23 today, listeners. So. Mm. You won't know until later. It's a mystery. Uh, we've got guests. We've got poems. We've, we've got, got art. A talking <laughs> bear. We've got an audience yeah. of one, maybe two later. <laughs> We've got a cheese plate. We do. But mostly, we're just going to tell some stories and uh, just have a real good time. All right, and I'm, I'm starting us off. Yeah. Oh, Tom, this is your first live comedy performance. This is true, and it, this will shock everybody to know I'm not a comedian at all, so... You're not Dana Carvey? No. <laughs> I'm not a comedian. I'm not very funny. I'm not very good live. So Liam, you're gonna have to guide me through this. You're gonna have to hold my hand. Okay. So first, imagine the yourself in your underwear. That way, your nerves are gone. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Don't imagine the audience in their underwear, or okay. they'll get way too turned off. So everybody's just checking out my flawless bod. Exactly. Okay. I see where you. I see where your head's at. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine that you're better than you are <laughs> physically. I do that all the time, Liam. Good. Then we should be off to the races. Fantastic. Uh, let's jump right into the stories. All right. I I was so excited about this because I thought this was going to be a great topic, but instead I'm going to start by apologizing just right off of the bat. My story is Gamergate. Oh, I'm leaving. Oh, My I'm leaving. story? Bye, Tom. Here's the thing. Later, buddy. I did not realize how deep a, 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 a well I was hurtling myself into so i had to cut off my story just at gamergate as it existed in 2014 Jesus. <laughs> on february 20 2013 2014 sorry hold on you gave like eight numbers there let's pick two in february i have 2013 but i believe it's 14 that makes you know? sense zoe quinn a game developer independent game developer releases uh, her game Depression Quest for free to very little attention. You know, there's some positive press, but it's a a free indie game on Steam. Not a lot of people play those. Sounds like a kind of bummer game, though. It's actually really interesting. I like the game a lot. It's, uh, you know, a little bit like the story. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, no, see, that's it sound like, where's Mario? (laughs) Where's the party? Where's Bowser in a race car? All good games have Bowser in a race car. I want that on my tomb. So there is, however, a, a pushback movement uh, 
from from a group of people uh, known as incels, involuntary celibates. Oh, we're gonna learn a lot Wait, today. Wait, hold on. Did you say involuntary celibates? Involuntary celibates. So like horn dogs who can't get me is what I'm hearing. That's exactly it. In fact, they are so horny for this and everything that they have their own website dedicated to it called Wizard called Chan. Oh. Called Wizard Chan. Wizard Chan? Wizard Chan. It is Chan. not it is not just a forum, it is a philosophy, it is a way of life. Their beef with Zoe Quinn is that she is a woman who made a game uh, about well, that was her fault. About <laughs> dealing with depression, which encourages getting into therapy which directly contradicts their belief that the only cure for depression yeah. is sex. But, what, well, <laughs> wow. I was going to try to make a joke about how I have a therapy appointment in four days, but now I think I'll just have more to talk about with her. So they are mad at her because they think that it is impossible for women to be depressed because women can just Fuck have sex whenever sad. they want to, apparently. Well, wasn't it peaches? Oh, it gets worse. We're on page one of ten. <laughs> Was I'm it, not fucking joking I'm around here. I'm wrong, but wasn't it Peaches who said fuck the pain away? Yes, She's it was. Woman. Yes. So I th there, there you go. There you go. Argument done. Story over. So she gets doxxed. Are we familiar? I, you know, I'm just going to... We've explained doxing. Doxing is when all of your personal information, your phone number, your home address, credit card information, etc. is put out on the internet for people to fuck with. Uh, her social media accounts get hacked. Her and her family start to receive threatening messages, not just online, but on their personal phones as well. Again, because of these fucking whack jobs on the internet. Ugh. Fun fact, and I'm not, I'm not even kidding, Degrassi did a Gamergate episode. I'm not shocked at all by that. Right? A a Law & Order SVU had a Gamergate episode. It, you know, it, it made the fucking Wait, daytime yeah, TV so, rounds. So, so fucking Benson had to deal with people going like, oh, it's about ethics and gaming journalism. Yep. Uh, oh, you know what? As long as I'm at this, I'm gonna I'm gonna put like a general trigger warning for this oh, episode, yeah, um, for like literally everything you could possibly imagine. Imagine the worst fucking thing that you can imagine in your head. It is in this story. Oh, I'm also I'm gonna get like actually mad. Yeah, I'm gonna get like actually yeah, angry talking hands, about this. She stops going to cons because of threats like these. I'm going to read one. This is why I've prefaced it with a trigger warning. I'm going to read some of these because I think it's important to uh, actually display what these people are and what they're like. Quote, next time she shows up at a conference, we give her a crippling inner injury that's never going to fully heal. A good solid injury to the knee. I'd say brain damage, but I don't want to make it so she ends up too retarded to fear us. Y'all, I'm going to get actually fucking yeah, mad. Uh, <laughs> trying to find a joke in Yeah, really? you're going to have some, you're going to have some trouble. I think I hit like a fault line. Then on August 15th, 2014, Quinzik's boyfriend, Aaron Gujoni, I don't know how to fucking pronounce that, publishes the Zoe post, a 9,000 425 word post shit talking Quinn for breaking up with him. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, you know, one of these. Good. One of these people. Because nothing, nothing is more resourceful and magical than a dude scorned by a woman. Mm -hmm. In this post, he alleges that she started a relationship with Nathan Grayson of Kotaku, that's a games journalist website. 
In order to get a favorable review from him, it should be noted that he, in fact, never reviewed her game at all, and his only article that even mentions her was released long before their relationship began. Tom, those are just facts, though. I know, right? Later, Gajoni will admit to fabricating parts of this post, as well as dramatizing certain elements to fuel the backlash against her because he was upset that she dumped him. Yo, don't fucking do this to... I I actually had an ex do something like that to me. It fucking sucked. Yeah. So many, so many follow-up questions. We just don't have We just time. don't have the time we've to got, delve into my history. Um, so then the people who have been harassing her latch onto this and form a movement, which is at this point called the Quinspiracy. Really oh, creative, these great folks. Great name. Top 10 conspiracy games. This is when things start to take a more organized form as opposed to it just existing on 4chan. Or on, on Wizard Chan, my bad. So 4chan begins chat rooms that are solely dedicated to spinning this thing. And I'm going to read some more, and this is when things start to would, get I wish you wouldn't. a little bit rough. But I think it's important that we talk about this shit. Well, you see, Yunnan, it's like this. She is a cunt, so naturally she does not have anything to offer except access to her holes. Can a cunt create a masterpiece? Write a play? Make a game of the year? No. Wait, Therefore, that's not true, though. it is fair to conclude that she received favorable reviews from Kotaku in exchange for use of her cum receptacle. <laughs> Here is a, another tweet. Vile feminist Zoe Quinn... Uh, parasitic Jew Alex oh. Liftshitz. Right. Both will be you dead. Just say Jew. It's implied that we're parasites. Before hashtag Gamergate is finished, um, and there's another one Wait, that, is that the first time the name gets brought up. Uh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I've pulled a threat that comes later, oh, gotcha. just to like illustrate what was going on. Um, and there's another one that is just at uh, Zoe Quinn's. Twitter account, and it's just a picture of a mutilated corpse. This is very common. Probably with her face photoshopped on it. I don't know because it's been blurred out. I'm sure it's a female corpse. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I've, I've selected these because these people are not trolling. Like, I feel like a common excuse that people give for, for like, fucknuts like these is like, ah, oh, you know, they're just trolling. They're just trying to get a reaction. Like, no, like, these yeah, are people who are in a, in a forum... Uh, of like-minded individuals. They're not doing this to get a reaction out of somebody. They're not doing this to get a rise out of anybody. They're doing it because this is like shit that they genuinely believe. Yep. Um, and that's fucking scary. I'd rather be a horse on the internet than a woman on the internet. <sighs> horse with a Twitter account. I mean, like, that's viral material. Alright, so in addition to just hating on people, they also start to make a conscious effort to be like spin doctors. Oh, but um, terrible pants. Yeah, <laughs> here's a- Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. Here's another quote- from a spin doctor song. <laughs> here's another quote that is less like fucking egregious. Uh, th that is like, that is like, I promise, that is like the last like horrible shit that I will read. I, I like have no interest in just like, but I think that this is also of note because if you pay attention to things like the alt-right who are neo-Nazis, um, this is the thing, this, this is the type of shit that they will do. Quote, if you want to take out an SJW, you have to think like one and use their language. 
all SJWs will automatically ignore you when you say uh, five guys referring to like, oh, Zoe Quinn slept with a bunch of guys. Uh, slut, fat, whore, etc. Use their words. When spreading the story or tweeting, call attention to the part of the story where Zoe tried to convince her boyfriend he was crazy. This is one of the things that he, like, dramatized and cherry-picked. Emotionally manipulative, abuser, cheater, sexual harasser. Rally around Twitter user Oren and convince them to share more of their story. Do not use words like slut, whore, etc. You can do the most damage by calling her an abuser. Try to think like an SJW and look for anything racist she might have said too. So what what you're seeing is is like a bastardization of the language of social justice. And you see this now with people being like, what are you triggered when like, yeah, like triggered is like a real fucking thing that happens to people who've experienced trauma. That's why like, that's what the T in PTSD stands for. And you can get triggered by any number of things but you, you see people be like like some fucking asshole probably will listen to this in, in like five months or whatever and be like that SJW is so triggered and like I'm not triggered I'm fucking pissed off yeah. but they're bastardizing the language to yeah. devalue it you know this is and like again like this is intentional this is what people like this do to delegitimize legitimate so, uh, concepts of yeah. social justice and figures in that movement uh, Isn't this a fun story? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I did not realize how fucking... We thought it would be such a flat... This is also... Uh, this is the one of the few times where Tom and I know each other's stories. And we thought that this would be such a flashy... Oh, like, wow, oh fun. Such a hot topic. I wore my sparkly shirt for nothing. <laughs> it's really bad because your sparkly shirt says it's about ethics and gaming journals. <laughs> in a similar vein they claim that you know that her behavior is unethical that that her behavior and the behavior of journalists is unethical exactly uh they claim that anyone defending her or even not commenting on the situation is part of a conspiracy no joke a cabal this is where we get the phrase feminist cabal is gamergate and they claim that uh, these people want to destroy games. That is what they believe yeah. the ultimate goal of the feminist cabal to be. So are the feminist cabal's moms from the 80s who thought Mortal Kombat was too violent? Like, I think that's the only group of people who've tried to destroy games. Yeah, Jack Thompson. It's all Jack Thompson. <laughs> from this point onwards, the movement is organized on 4chan and r slash Kotaku in action. And I, I do literally mean organized with, you know, al- like allegations of responsibility. So, Sorry. you, you, you. So, like, Liam, yeah. you dox Zoe. I don't want to. Jane, you make, you Photoshop horrible images of her face on, like, a mutilated corpse or on, like, a porn star or whatever. And, Got and it, boss. You send them to her. <laughs> And on my desk Friday five o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but I mean me. <laughs> and that's what was happening. There was like a hierarchy here. Yeah. That, is Reddit bad? Reddit fucking sucks, Liam. <laughs> Reddit <laughs> fucking blows. But that's where all the creepy stories I like to read are. That's, that's where the best sleeps live. Uh this is also gonna be the end of my focus on Miss Quinn for a couple reasons, because this becomes much bigger than her and also because, you know, she doesn't enjoy people talking about this. And at this point, she's not totally relevant to the situation. So 
they start making you know the videos the posts the content all that hot content about the feminist cabal and the conspiracy and they start naming other names and they start making it into this huge conspiracy they invent they invent this this vast hierarchy of madness it's great no it's not it's the fucking opposite of great hey we're officially fucking oh, pissed I'm off to- of town stop yelling at i'm me. i'm not i'm yelling at i'm yelling at god right now <laughs> i know stop yelling at me um they create a fucking mascot they create a mascot for themselves her name is vivian james um, I don't like that the mascot's a woman. I, well, you're gonna like this even less. She is literally her her visual is is a a visual reference to a fucking rape joke. Ah, oh. oh, it's not even a rape joke. It's just a gif of Piccolo raping Vegeta. Like, I hate nerds. Yeah, it's she has this like purple green striped sweater. Eric is getting food on the other side of the room, and on the on hearing that Dragon Ball Z turned around and went like he's Alex. Yeah, an episode of Home Improvement. We fucking live in hell. My my computer my printer's fucked up, so she's super blue. But this is supposed to be green purple stripes. Um, and and this is like you know they're like no we love women. Look, our mascot's a woman. That's a rape joke. Ha 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 ha. Isn't that fucking funny no it's not oh hey if you're a dude you should oh i think all men should just kill themselves right now uh at this point it's uh, referred to as part two as the conspiracy we are in month one motherfucker i wanna die <laughs> Internet figures start weighing in the harassment. Joe, uh, John Total Biscuit Bane supports it. Shocker. <laughs> Wait, hold on, say his name. John Total Biscuit, Total Biscuit Bane. He's not half of the biscuit. Or he's like a, a little section of the biscuit. He's a popular. A he's a popular YouTuber that Shocker was just recently accused of sexual assault, and I'm inclined. Total Biscuit. Yeah, who fucking saw that well, coming? Biscuit for the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Other figures get sucked into the madness. Anita Sarkeesian, feminist YouTuber. Yeah. We all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had been creating a series called Tropes versus Women in video games. She had not, as far as I'm aware, commented on this whole thing or really, like, involved herself in it. But, uh, you know, like, the Wizard Chan folks and all these fucking people hate her because she's a woman and she has, like, feminist shit to say about video games, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, when her new... Entry in her ongoing series, Tropes versus Women in Games, uh, comes out. She also starts getting harassed. But guys, it's just about ethics and games journalism. Uh, She's not a fucking games journalist, yo. Again, <sighs> hang on. Facts. Hang on. What are facts? But what did they do? have to say about her holes? On August 26, both Polygon and Kotaku. Oh, after my birthday. No. Both Polygon and Kotaku address concerns about journalistic ethics, uh, uh, which Gamergate claims as a victory. Essentially, both of them, well, like Polygon changes their ethical standards or whatever to be like, yes, we will include Patreons and, and like if we know these people or whatever. Wait, hold on. Polygon did something bad. Polygon did something bad. Justin and Griffin and Nick, why? Um, and uh, Kotaku basically put out this thing saying, hey, we're open to criticism. And like, this was a mistake because like when this shit happens, you just have to shut it down fucking immediately. Shut, like Gordon Ramsay when he finds mold in a kitchen. Yeah. He shuts that shit down. 
this is like by the way like the first fucking two weeks of this and everything else is gonna go much faster but this is just so jam-packed with shit then on august 27th one piece of conspiracy propaganda a video by somebody called the internet aristocrat finds its way into the sphere of crypto conservatist animal adam baldwin no relation to alec and yeah and he's the one who tweets out hashtag gamergate with the video attached Adam Baldwin is the man who creates Gamergate. Adam Baldwin saw, oh, some, like, some guy named the Internet Aristocrat put out a video, like, being like, and this is why there's, like, a feminist cabal or whatever. And he saw this, and he's, like, a crypto conservatist. So he tweeted out this video being like, wow, look at this. Like, it's crazy that this is happening. Hashtag Gamergate. He invented it. He invented the phrase. And fucking the world has never been the same. Damn it, Jane. Not you, Jane. Sorry. Adam Baldwin's character in Firefly is also named Jane. Why does I emerge from the bathroom? <laughs> that could not have been said He also plays Casey and Chuck. Oh, yeah. On the same day, both Zoe Quinn and Anita Sarkeesian reveal that they have left their homes, for which they are relentlessly mocked. The next day, Lay Alexander, or Lee Alexander, my bad. Uh, pens, gamers don't have to be your audience. Gamers are over on Gama Sutra. The, int- the article gets a lot of positive reception amongst the game journalist community and spawns a bunch of similarly minded articles. Uh, Polygon, Chris Blant for Polygon, an awful week to care about video games. Casey Johnson for Ars Technica, the death of the gamers and the women who killed them, quote unquote. What happens is gamer gators foist these titles around saying, look, games journalists hate people who play video games, One which is. Ridiculous. Yeah, if you read the articles. Yeah, exactly. Again, Tom, these are just facts. What do I do with facts? <sighs> right? They also view this as evidence of collusion, which is uh, not how think pieces work. Like, yo, like, I fucking hate the people who write for Salon.com, but I don't think there's some sort of vast anti-millennial cabal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, there is. There's just not at Salon. Yeah. Anti-millennial cabal doesn't know how to work a computer. And then on August 31st, to top the month off, you will recognize this name. Mark Cernovich throws his name into the pot. Wait. Yeah. Mark. Mike Cernovich. Mike Cernovich. Who's that? Um. He's the neo-Nazi who goes around telling, calling people pedophiles uh, when, who, who, when they're not, when they're just like enemies of him. Sure. Um, he's like he a fucking dangerous psycho. Um, Before this, he was like a, a semi-popular MRA, and then like Gamergate was like, hey, this fucking guy's awesome, and oh, now and he got big. verified on Twitter. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. Guys, that's just month one. And the rest of the months will be quicker, I promise. They they are less dense with activity. They are also slightly funnier because (laughs) September is the month of Milo. The month of Milo Yiannopoulos joins the fricassee. I'm done. Bye. I'm leaving. He just likes involving himself. Publishing a wildly inaccurate summary of Gamergate for Breitbart, which increases the traffic on the site by 75%, according to what I could find. All this shit, all this shit that is like Steve Bannon is advisor to Trump, and this that would not have happened if Gamergate had not had happened. Everyone knows who Milo Yiannopoulos is. Milo Yiannopoulos is a uh, British Nazi who is... Uh, 
loves to flaunt how gay he is and how he loves to sleep with black men so he cannot be racist, even though that is a incredibly racist thing to say. Dude, Thomas Jefferson was super racist and he was into the same thing. Milo Yiannopoulos it considers himself a free speech advocate, but his version of free speech means that nobody gets to think uh, it is predicated on white supremacy and shit like that. It is like the most absurd double think you could ever uh, think of in your fucking life. As we've said on this podcast many times, but I feel like we need to say it. Clarifying the definition. Freedom of speech means that you cannot be arrested. Yeah. <laughs> it does not mean anything else. And apparently people just refuse. Again, what are, these are facts. What are we to do? He pens two debunked articles, one about Quinn embezzling money and the other about Sarkeesian lying on her police report about the harassment she's receiving. Why don't we just write articles about how, like, Milo once blew an elephant and he loved it. Loved he, every second of it. He was like... Get me into Africa again so I can just blow all the elephants I see. He goes and he goes and seeks adulation on 4chan after posting these articles. So um, he is like definitely aware of aiding and abetting the people whose comments I was reading at the beginning of the article. Uh, a lot of people like to say like, oh, you know, like like the troll argument, like Miles is just a troll. He doesn't believe the things he says, and like I don't think that fucking matters, yeah. Uh, oh, WikiLeaks also deigns to weigh in, linking to an MRA website and claiming that the censorship Gamergate is, is uh, claiming exists also takes place, quote, at the very top. I don't know what the fuck that means. Top of what? A Julian Assange's horrible hair? Okay, I'm going to talk about something. As a, as a boy who is recently openly bi, like, I, I don't... I would not... Okay, here's... <laughs> let's roleplay, Liam. Let's roleplay. All right. Oh, yeah. Bye, guy. You are... Wait, did I not tell you about this? Oh, no, I just wanted to say that. Oh, yeah, I love smooching boys and sucking dick. Um... (laughs) (laughs) So, just be you. I'm going to call you right now. Here's what I'm going to do. No, 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 we're just going to mime it out. We're just going to mime it out. Pantomime. It's called... Because I want to do a comparison here. Live show. Boop, 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 boop. (laughs) Ring-a-ling-a-ling. Oh, it's it's Liam's theme song, his ringtone that everybody loves. Yep. Backstreet's back all right. I was going to say I'm a teacher back by Weedus, but both of those work. All right, answer the phone. Hello? Liam? Yes? I just had sex with George Michael. Actually, wait, no, no, no. Let me rephrase that. George Michael just let me have sex with him. I'm so thrilled. Well, you got end of me. End of phone call. Now we are in another reality. We oh. are in a second reality now. I'm going to call you. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Call. I'm just a teenage dirtbag. Oh, uh, classic jam. <laughs> Liam, yeah. I just had sex with Milo Yiannopoulos, and I'm so fucking ashamed. Actually, hang on a second. Boop, and call. I've just come to your home and what? murdered you because what? I cannot let anybody know that this has happened. I hate role playing. There is I no... There is no... It always ends with that. It just, it's never, for once, I would like to survive the roleplay. There is absolutely no reality that exists where, where Milo Yiannopoulos, like, interacting with him in, in, a, in a sexual or non-sexual way, to be perfectly fucking honest, is not, like, the most shameful experience of your life. There's no way that, like, you walk away from an interaction with him without feeling like you've been tricked. Every... <laughs> is he Loki? The I... prankster god? Oh. God, he might, he might every be. article I've read that's like I hung out with Milo Yiannopoulos for a night it always ends with 
I don't like who I've become now. He claims to have a list called Game Journal Pro that is essentially a list of the cabal. There's no evidence to support no this. He runs an extraordinarily sexist hit piece on Leona Kirzner, who's this TV host, performer, etc., basically being like, she's a whore for selling her body. Um, oh, you know, his, like, free fucking speech thing. Hey, Milo, like, I, I just fucking exercise my free speech by... By like yeah. like sexually demeaning you, you fucking prick. Hey Milo, you have Ugh. balls. Uh, he I then got him. Hey, One. nailed it. One to Liam, zero to Milo. He then uh, tweets out a photo of a syringe, and also claims that he was sent a dead animal. He received in the mail, um, but claims he does not want to make himself the story. Oh, how that fucking noble. Drag. That doesn't work. Um, so he does not contact the police. I checked. You can't mail syringes, and you definitely cannot mail dead animals. What is, um, the, what is the purpose of mailing a syringe? Well, well, the... Here's the, this thing I used. The implication that he was going for was that anti-gamer gators sent him a syringe as a means of harassment but you can't send syringes through the mail also, like it didn't that, get through the mail how is that harassment yeah hey explain to me how that harassment hey that milo means. fucking yeah the syringe was filled with a liquid as well which is also kind of you know odd because i didn't think you were allowed to send liquids in the fucking U usps um, cause you're not. you're not, and hey, guess what, Milo, I'm gonna use my fucking free speech to say that you fucking faked that bullshit, you fucking asshole. And you're a dirty whore. <sighs> Anyone wanna insult Milo? I couldn't think of anything at the time. <laughs> I'm still jazzed about calling call his balls tiny. <laughs> Right and especially when you when you compare that with uh, two marbles in a plastic bag. When you compare that with claims, uh, especially when you compare that with claims that Anita Sarkeesian faked harassment against her, like why would she even need to do that? You can you can go to her Twitter today and still see the shit that she gets. It's fucking like insane that she would ever have it's to been fake harassment. Two and a half years. Yep. It is around this time, uh, about halfway through the month, that 4chan steps in and says, hey, no person posting of personal info. Ah, uh, oh, thanks, 4chan. Yeah. Still look up people, uh, pictures of people who shot their own heads off. Yeah. Uh, which means no doxing. Yes, you, that is a thing you can look up on 4chan. Which means no doxing, which means no Gamergate. Uh, is our clip clop still there? Which is seen as a betrayal by Gamergate, so they move... I think you might be the only one who knows what our clip clop is in this room. To... I do. 8chan. And I'm gonna put a joke moratorium here. We're gonna get like... Oh no, the part I'm not <sighs> I warned. I warned Liam about this beforehand. I actually was not aware of this, but like, it, you, it cannot go unsaid. Buckle down, kids. Y'all... fucking rough. <sighs> okay, so... Rip that bandit off. You remember Wizard Chan, right? That was made by a man named uh, Fred Brennan. 8chan uh, is just like 4chan, but, quote, without the ref restrictions on free speech, which means you can talk about anything. Hey, no laughing. <laughs> and that means, uh, because the thing, the one thing that 4chan banned, because 8chan was created in direct response before this mm -hmm. to 4chan, mm -hmm. because the one thing that you couldn't talk about or discuss or post on 4chan Say it. Was child pornography. Bye! <laughs> no way! Oh. We talked about this on the 
I swear to God, I didn't fucking know about this. I know but, this is at least number two. Is it number three? It's number two. But okay. you have, but like, you can't, you can't not talk about this. Okay. You can't not talk about this because Fortune moves to eight Chan, um, and and uh, aids and abets and and engages in the uh, distribution of child pornography. Um, not just. I'm like literally shaking right now. This is not like a new thing for them. From day one, what adorned the bottom of the official page for their advertiser letter writing campaign, Operation Disrespectful Nod, this is like way back at the beginning, is an animated gif of the kids from Gravity Falls. No! Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, not going to finish that sentence. I Do don't think I need to. Okay, the kids want a quick little drink. Uh, love Gravity Falls. A month after I saw the pilot, so a month after it aired, I was like, oh, let me see if I can find some like of the artwork because um, I really like Alex Hirsch, the guy who designs it. So I, I go into Google Image and I type in Gravity Falls. And what is in the fucking first page but a hand-drawn sketch someone did of Dipper and Mabel making out. And it's like, <sighs> someone saw this pilot was like, well, I gotta draw the incest Wait, version. I know they're kids. Are they siblings? They're yeah. So this is like not some secret. Like everybody knows that HM was like created specifically for this reason. Um, I'm not gonna fucking talk about this at all again. Gamergate is living and breathing on a website that whose main purpose is to peddle in child pornography. It does not matter. It does not matter. It does not matter. Oh, wrong word to use in that situation. <laughs> it does not matter if. Told you uh, I could get a joke out of this somehow. Oh god! It does not matter if Gamergate specifically is involved in that or not. Um, though they certainly are and were from this point on uh the harassment of women lgbtq plus and people of color is more important to these people than child abuse child sex abuse um but hey it's just fucking free speech right milo die speaking of which yeah free speech fucking put milo in a box deep in the ground an impossibly dark box and leave him there like you would with any fucking second-rate Dragon Ball Z villain looking <laughs> motherfucker like he does. I would think oh. the person Milo cares about the most push him off a cliff and as he's falling say, oh. you have tiny balls! So you mean Milo Yiannopoulos pushes himself off a cliff? <laughs> yes. Can we do that? Speaking of which, Milo Yiannopoulos holds a talk on 8chan, which, which, like, yeah, like, again, like, it doesn't matter if he's a fucking troll, like, you can't do that and not know what these people are and what they do. Um, that is the end, that is the end of the, <laughs> that's the end of the 8chan discussion. End of my life. Oh, God, I had to, like, take a break from research, uh, when I found that out, then. And we did Pizzagate. <laughs> yeah. Which is also totally hypocritical because Mike Cernovich is like, yeah, fucking HN rules. And he, then he, he goes and is like, fucking look at this pedophile ring. It, it, he isn't, yeah, they have no morals. They, they do not care. I think he might actually be a pedophile. <laughs> I, I'll tweet it. Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I swear to God, I didn't know. We don't blame you. I blame him. Uh, oh, one other. Don't tell Tom. Oh, one, uh, one last quick thing to mention from this month. Uh, the Not Your Shield hashtag is created to counter quote-unquote uh, SJW art- arguments claiming that they all use marginalized people as a prop and a shield. It's later discovered that the majority of these accounts are sock puppet accounts, true to form. So I have a question. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think you're going to know what it is. 
Well, oh. What is a sock puppet account? A sock puppet account is when like a white person goes onto Twitter and poses no, okay, as okay, a okay, black okay, person. Okay, we don't need to. No, I figured it out. Put the pieces together. I don't like. By the way, it. again, it's just an avatar of a sock puppet. That's <laughs> not a second. Like, like, oh, Punch oh. and Judy get a Twitter. Yeah. Oh no, it's. I know Punch and Judy are sock puppets. Oh, this is Gamergate. It is never. It is never what you hope. It Gamergate, is. where angels fear to tread. Um. By the way, this is where we get like the the current neo-Nazi sock puppeting which is happening again they have like manifestos of like how to talk black which are like super duper racist like use that uh the black fist emoji uh say in the hood replace like literally one of the bullet points is like talk about your new grill and it's like motherfucker what are what you talking about 2002 <laughs> october we are like y'all we're, we're getting close i swear to god the fish line is there i can see it it's shimmering in the distance. Intel pulls advertising from Gama Sutra. Gamergate claims this is a victory because it is because they pulled because Gamergate was like fucking Gama Sutra is like pro censorship or whatever. Yeah, Infowars. <laughs> Noted anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. Anti-Semitic? I gotta stop writing for them. Oh god. All I write is why Jews are cool. Endorses Gamergate. Weird. Fine. Weird, isn't it? How all these white supremacists adore this movement that's just about ethics and games journalism, right? Yeah. Fucking crazy. Cause Steve Bannon fucking loves Tetris. Uh, this is a blissfully well, like, okay, not blissfully uneventful. Thank this is you. like <laughs> uneventful by comparison. Uh, the mainstream media actually starts to cover Gamergate. Uh, I believe you the lamestream media. Yeah, the liberal media. Brianna Wu is driven from her home. Uh, Gamergate has no ethical cover story for why they've harassed her. They just don't like her and dislike that she's a feminist who disagrees with them. She made, like, a Twitter account, like, poking fun at Gamergate, but, but like, that's literally it. How dare she? Um... How dare she try to- I should not say, but that's literally it. That's literally it, which is less than nothing. Who fucking cares? Girl fucking spine. Like Wait, hey, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna reappropriate their language. Get a fucking spine, you special snowflakes. Fucking- Yeah, seriously. Jesus. Um, also, I'd like to just reiterate that all Zoe Quinn did to start this was make a game. Yeah, this is fu- that's fucking insane. Nonsense. <laughs> fucking nonsense. That's like an interesting game too. <laughs> it's really good. It's like I would hide. It's free. It's free on Steam. I think everybody should play it. It's really, really smart. They threaten a mass shooting at one of Sarkeesian's events. It's called off, and they go, yeah. "You bunch of pussies! Why would you call off an event when we threaten to kill all of you with guns?" Um, oh, by the way, actually, a bunch of people do drive to confront people. A guy crashes his car on, a, on his way to Brianna Wu's house at some point. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we were talking about this. We were talking about this, and I kept warning Liam. I kept warning you. I was like, dude, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, I'm going to get actually mad. And he was like, no, 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 this will be fun. Like, I'll calm you down, and that'll be like the game. I was wrong. He was so wrong. I was like, no, you are going to get mad, and I'm going to have to calm you down, and we're going to have to calm each other down. Do you want to, like, take a hug break after yeah, this fucking yeah. story? I need to do this. Oh. Uh, they start doxing their own people, ending coverage on pro gamer get sites like Mangotron. Um, I'm sorry. Yo, like again. We're gonna have to rewind on that. Someone was like, I'm gonna start a website and call it Mangotron. Mangotron. My parents don't talk to me. 
All right, November. This is like y'all. I swear to God, two more months to go. Two two more months to go, and then we're two done. Two more months to go. with this crash course. But this is the crash course. Like I'm not even going into detail oh, on this shit. Um, at this point, Gamergate realizes that they're not coming off super great. They're not giving off a super good vibe. Kind of like, probably kind of like I'm doing right now. Not giving off a super great vibe. Dude, I respect your vibes. <sighs> but I've also had a fair amount of scotch. Yeah, no, like for real. Like I, I, I really like did not mean for this. To, I keep listen, apologizing. I really did not listen. mean for this to be a bummer. But then I like got halfway through and I was like, I have to do this, but like I can't. Like we can't like joke about some of this shit, you know? Well, yeah, some of it. Yeah. <laughs> that sentence Listen, is never Listen, I've not wondered hilarious. for a long time what GamerGate really was. All I kind of knew was it was just a bunch of men being yeah. shitty to women in the gaming industry. Yeah. I did not know specifics. Also, yeah. because like a lot of this was not. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. Oh. Like, like a lot of this was not covered, and like I was like yeah. in the throes of this, and even I, until now, years later, was not aware that of like the eight chan stuff, and like. Well, I mean, the media hates <sighs> anyway. I didn't know eight chan was a thing until tonight. Oh no! Yeah, I, I knew about the history of it too. Why yeah. it was created. Um. So, uh, they decide to start playing like the victim card, and this is this is where you see, uh, like the phrase "anti gamergate," "anti GG" get created. Uh, it gets popularized, even though it's not at all used by the people who would theoretically consider themselves as such. Um. So you know, people like me would not be like, "I'm anti gamergate." I would just be like, "Yeah, these guys like suck." Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, this is, and, and, and again, we're seeing this today. This is a rhetorical tactic. Paint your opponent as anti-you instead of anti-bigotry. Oh, no, 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 you just don't respect me, as opposed to saying like, oh, you just don't respect white supremacy, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so they really start to lean on the both sides rhetoric. Oh, we're on the last page. Oh, we're on the last Lord page. Jesus. They begin to blame everything. The doxing, the 8chan child pornography, literally everything on plants, you know, the cabal. The cabal. That fucking rascally cabal. Even though things like 8chan and Whoa. and the doxing. Oh, get off of my lawn! Even though all this started before, like, 8chan and the doxing, uh, 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 or before, sorry, all the, like, 8chan doxing of, like, Zoe Quinn and people, that existed long before Gamergate was even a movement and therefore could not have possibly been a counter movement. Like, their own rhetoric, like, invalidates their point. This is a comedy podcast. Yeah. Oh, Stormfront also. <laughs> oh, Stormfront. They yeah. Love me over there. Uh, also endorses Gamergate. They're very anti-Semitic. Yeah. Uh, this is I am very not... I'm super Semitic. <laughs> I'm, like, the most Semitic one can be. Uh, this is also when it becomes, like, super popular to call, quote-unquote, anti-Gamergaters pedophiles. Because you know, like this, this is that like like Mike Cernovich, likely pedophile. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or or, or like Keemstar. Keemstar is like a he's a he's a fuck. Oh, I'll talk about Keemstar one day. Um, he's he's a he's a YouTuber who constantly calls people pedophiles, like tries to get them fired and stuff. And he himself has like sent or like had underage people undress for him. This is this is like a common thing that pedophiles do. Of course, again, um, they all claim that this is like anti-GG doing this to their own, which like doesn't make any fucking sense. Okay, positive, positive thing. 
Intel reinst- oh, no, only, only we know. Intel reinstates their advertising on Gama Sutra. <laughs> which, by the way, Gamergate like conveniently leaves out of their narratives. December is the month of swatting. Well, this doesn't sound good. Do you know what swatting is? I do. I do. Because of an episode of Degrassi. Swatting is when you you fake a a like police call saying that somebody has hostages in in like their home or something. So then a SWAT team shows up, and this happens like a lot. This this is like something that uh, Gamergate popularized, but now like Twitch streamers, it happens to them like. Kind of on the reg because people are like, "Holy shit, this guy got swatted on his live stream! Isn't that fucking hilarious?" No, it's not. People literally have died from this. This is all the results of slash Baphomet and 8chan forum. I know you're shocked. Slash Baphomet. I know, right? <laughs> yep. Really like not not working. Baphomet is not super good with their branding. Gamergate is shockingly enough. It's a form specifically designed to swap people. Jesus, God, I don't eat the paper. I, dude, like the uh, poison of your words will hurt you. Um, they claim that there's no connection to Gamergate, though. All the people that get swatted. I feel like everyone who's involved with Gamergate has claimed. <laughs> yeah. To well, this is like a thing that happens now too. Is people are like, listen, I'm not a Nazi. I just, I just believe in white supremacy. I just believe in a white nation state. I'm not a Nazi. I just believe in national socialism. Wrap it up, big guy. Yeah, this is the end, basically. So hang on a second. Liam, pass me that blue thing. Hey, we're done. It's the end of the year. Teaser for the not live episode, continued crash course in Gamergate. Uh, more swatting. The golden age of Baphomet. And Operation... Trans genocide. No, that so so. Uh, my story ends on a cliffhanger, and I wanted—I swear to God, y'all—I wanted to end it on like this super positive note. There is a positive note now. Um, <laughs> Other than their story being over, Zoe. Yeah, Zoe Quinn actually uh, in in her last long form post on the whole affair. Uh, came away like super duper positive she's like on her feet she's making this fmv game for chuck tingle the erotic author oh, sweet. yeah the um he wrote about dinosaur sex zoe quinn is like no joke she is like my fucking hero um she is like maybe like the strongest human being alive um and 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 i cannot believe what she endured and came out on the other side so there is a, that positive note to come on however i'm not going to read that post because um you know i i've, I've said this and i've apologized for this multiple times during the story but i did not like realize like what a fucking Shit. horrible oubliette we were gonna go down yeah but i think that it's important to talk about because i think that like other than sort of obscure well it's the details of the story that are the most Horrifying. Yeah, and it's the details of the story that no one talks about, and they happen on such a small scale. Yeah, but I think they're still incredibly important. And there's so much more to talk about um, that needs to be talked about. That, I mean, like I can't believe the stuff that w- never made it to print. Yeah. Um, 
and and so I'm going to continue the the crash course in later episodes, not live episodes, because I I really y'all I swear to God I wanted this I wanted this to be fun I swear to fucking God we have great stories lined up after this um you will enjoy those wait I have I have I have two more quick things um so my goal is to do in depth. Uh, as well on some other stories that I could not touch on because I literally did not have the time. There's a lot of stuff that I just was unable to put in um, because this is already like super long as it is. Um, And and, uh, when I feel I have exhausted Gamergate as a topic, that is when I will read Zoe Quinn's super positive post aloud. So that is a goal we are working towards. And one other quick thing, special thanks to secret gamer girl uh grrl on twitter whose writings pointed me in a lot of the grittier directions that the mainstream media failed to touch upon the the pen name she gave me to credit her was violet so violet if you are listening thank you so much for your insight and perspective get depression quest support zoe quinn yes do that and i i i am so So fucking fucking sorry I'm going to fucking awesome. burn that <laughs> shit. I never... Ugh. Okay, uh, we're going to switch gears before Tom actually kills himself. Uh, we've got our yeah, we got our first guest of the evening. It's time for a story from Jane. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We got it. <sighs> Take it away, now, Jane. Clap for Tom, everyone, and clap for Jane. Cheers. <laughs> so, my story today, I guess kind of similar to my Kris Jenner original... Uh, is about someone I, I believe almost everyone has heard of, but knows little to no details about. Gandhi. Uh, <laughs> RuPaul. <laughs> My story today is about Demetrius Devon Lovato, better known as Demi Lovato. I told you yes! you'd like it. Are you a Demi fan? No! <laughs> My ex-girlfriend loved her, so I hate her by proxy. That Okay, so that is part of what flew me into the story. Because for the past <laughs> however many years, I have felt a very deep and personal need to defend Demi Lovato. Why? I know maybe four Demi Lovato. Okay, well, hang on a second. Skyscraper. He- Skyscraper, <laughs> Unbroken. <laughs> right? These are all terrible all song names. Camp Rock soundtrack, Cool for the Summer, which is great. Cool for the Summer. Um, <laughs> fucking cool. Well, here's your angle. Here's your angle. Don't tell your mother. Cure me, cure me of my, like, granted, yeah. like, totally, like, total bias. Well, it's a story that ventures sort of in what you talk about, but has a happier ending. Fucking radical. Okay. So, and at the end, <laughs> I sort of realized after all this research that, like, there's a reason I chose Demi. But, okay, so... Uh, Demetrius Devon Lovato Demi was born in 19... I'm sorry, did you just call her Demetrius? Demetria. Okay, sorry. cool. Demi Lovato was born just in 1982 oh, uh, in New Mexico. Her father is a Mexican <laughs> engineer, and her mother is a former Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Her parents divorced, and she grew up in Dallas learning musical instruments, and she began her career as a child actor recurring on Barney and Friends. Her mother also entered her in beauty pageants, which Demi claims made her think of the stage as a normal environment and further tightened. Jane, 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 already on her side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I okay. Tend to, I tend to be on the side of people whose parents put them in Barney. I want to stand by that before I told him about her, Liam also disliked Demi Lovato. Like Thumbs people just down. naturally don't like her because but she's now, a pop star. But now I'm just like But I love concerned. but I adore Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm not opposed to pop stars. Carly yeah, Jepsen Carly Rae Jepsen is my queen of my world and my life and she can do no wrong. Okay, so I just finished the perfect song. It is a perfect song. 
By her teen years, she was being bullied so badly, she dropped out and became homeschooled all the way until receiving a high school diploma while homeschooled. No, Demetria. As of September 2015, I did not know this, uh, Lovato's name appears on the unclaimed Coogan list, which is a fund for children actors who earnings were withheld but have remained unclaimed. So Demi has child acting money just sitting in an account Can she not touch it? I don't even know if she knows. Demi began to make her name as a Disney Channel star, beginning on the short featurette, which I loved, as the bell rings. Does anyone remember this? No. It played, like, during commercial breaks. There were short episodes, and it was all about what happens in the hallway. Oh, shit! I do remember this! This was her first role, and it's what got her everything else. Was this pre or post Mike's super short show? I think pre- Wow. Okay. I am old. Before moving on to star in the Camp Rock franchise and sitcom Sunny with a Chance. <laughs> Hang on a second. Liam Sr., 20, 23-year-old boy, mm-hmm. just said, God, I'm old. Crap. Picked up a Crap bottle of rum like it was and drank it straight from the bottle like he's Max fucking Payne. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on an audio medium. You really conveyed the... The sadness I felt? The visual comedy. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, as the bell rings, got her camp rock <sighs> franchise and Sunny with a Chance and a ton of other Disney projects. Um, her and Selena Gomez were actually childhood best friends. Because they were both uh, on Barney, yeah? Yeah, and had done other stuff, and so they kind of got reunited with some Disney stuff. Uh, during this time, Demi began releasing her own upbeat pop albums, touring on her own, as well as with the Jonas Brothers, and began publicly dating Joe Jonas. Oh no! Wait, no. Okay, sorry. I thought I got mixed up with which one. It goes Nick, Joe, Kevin, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that? Can we all agree? Yeah. Can we all agree? Listen, Honestly, I'm not leaving this fucking room until we all agree. I'm talking about public opinion. I uh, should have clarified. Uh, Joe was hotter. I'm fucking not talking he used to be Nick is hotter now. Well, Nick's yeah. also a queer baiter, but we can talk about that another time. Uh, yeah, Nick doesn't know what he's doing. He's bad music. Okay, so. Uh, she was doing great, had this whole music career, was like, you know, one of those kind of like Disney golden child, uh, child's doing great. Uh, but however, in 2010, rumors began to circulate regarding Demi's well-being. Red carpet photos appeared to reveal marks on the inside of Demi's wrists, though her publicist claimed that those were from cheap bracelets. Around the same time... Cheap bracelets? Yep. Uh, around Sorry. I know that's the not The pictures, funny. like, clearly show cuts I would just like to start a band oh, called wow. Cheap Bracelets. Around this time, <sighs> friends and family of Demi began voicing their concerns for her struggles with bulimia and confirming she had cut herself numerous times oh, in the past. No. Oh, Demetria, Additionally, no. Demi was in the middle of a strenuous tour with the Jonas Brothers, right in the middle of a public breakup with Joe Jonas, who then began openly dating Ashley Green while still on tour with Demi. Insiders, I quote unquote that because, like, uh, yeah, a lot of this I got from like e news and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, but they, they, this is all somewhat conjecture. But insiders say, and also, this just makes sense that Demi was worn down by constantly being surrounded by her ex boyfriend and performing nightly as if they were still close while he is now dating another celebrity. That sucks, though. Like, yeah, even if you're super famous, that's gotta fucking hurt. The media began to refer to her as demi-drama, based purely on rumors and comments, no actual actions. Jane, does the media hate women? Uh, I don't know. Did the last story give you anything? (laughs) 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 Sadness. Sadness and depravity, so. I really enjoyed your joke that it's much safer to be a horse on the internet. I am unfamous. I am unknown. I am not a special... You were on a Pretty Little Liars podcast once. But I have had random dudes on Instagram, like, post 
gross stuff. I'll kill him. All women. Okay, so (laughs) this is not part of the story. All right, she eventually pulled out from the tour, citing personal health reasons shortly after she deleted her Twitter account. In October, media outlets uh, suddenly announced some form of altercation Demi had in an airport, many tabloids claiming she had attacked a fan. I'm not going to pause the story to say that when people over the last few years have always been like, I don't like Demi Lovato, I will ask why. And their arguments are always that they don't like her music and that, well, she attacked that fan one time. That is not what happened. It was uh, very much uncovered that Demi had actually punched just once, wasn't a fight, one punch. Not that that's good. That's like a physical assault, uh, physical assault. Punched a backup dancer who reportedly leaked some of Demi's more private behaviors. Others claimed Demi had made personal threats towards Joe's new girlfriend, Ashley Green, but reps for both sides later confirmed this to be untrue, and the, the two like have taken photos together they seem fine. However, the scuffle with the dancer led to Dem- Demi publicly announcing 100% responsibility for her actions, and at 18 years old, officially entered a rehabilitation facility. This is now when all of Demi's stuff gets leaked, and mm-hmm. it turns out that she had to undergo treatment for anorexia, bulimia, depression, self-harm, suicidal oh. thoughts, bipolar disorder, oh, and substance addiction, which no one had done. Oh, she withdrew from the spotlight for a year, returning to a healthier weight and being officially diagnosed as bipolar, something she had previously been unaware of, though was relieved to find some of an answer as she explained that she'd been having suicidal thoughts since age seven. Hey, Jane. Yeah. Hey, Jane. Hey, Jane. Yeah. You won me over on Demi like five yeah, minutes ago. Like five there. minutes ago. What year, what year did she go to rehab? Uh, 2010. 2010? Was that post Sunny with the Chance? It was, um, I think it was after the last season wrapped filming before she announced the show was over. Because I remember, um, I remember there was the show that was like the behind the scenes show about a sketch show, and then they did the actual sketch show, which she was not a part of. So was that around that time? Kind of, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, when she exited rehab, she's really funny on that show. I believe she officially (laughs) announced uh, that she was going to stop acting. Uh, so, she also admitted to having self-medication problems with alcohol, cocaine, and painkillers. In particular, she claimed at 17 it was so bad touring that she couldn't make it more than 30 minutes to an hour without cocaine with all the traveling. Uh, she stayed in a sober house for over a year, even though she was only sentenced to a month, because she was so afraid of becoming another Hollywood stereotype of relapsing. Can we give her a hug? Is she here? <laughs> I fucking love Demi Lovato, and I'm gonna guilt you now. Well, I do too. No. I mean, <laughs> I've been on her side ever since it's you guilted fine. me the first time. Yeah, it's totally fine. People just don't know. Okay, so it was revealed that her mother had been bulimic, and her father struggled with alcoholism and bipolar disorder as well. Neither recovered or received official treatment, and her father did die. Uh, oh my god. Demetria. While Demi admits the celebrity lifestyle obviously enabled her health issues, she believes she still would have faced them even as a normal citizen. After over a year in treatment, Demi made her first move towards a comeback with her hit single, Skyscraper. Fuck yeah! Everyone probably knows. Uh, it's an amazing song. It's a very intense ballad with lyrics like clearly talking about falling and rising again, and it's, it's very inspirational. It was filmed at the Salt Flats for the yeah. new video. The 19-year-old began giving honest interviews about her time recovering and her desire to help others. She even uh, became a guest editor for Seventeen and wrote this like whole letter to young women. Uh, Demi specifically explained her goal to teach her women yeah. about the dangers <laughs> hell yeah. of harming or changing oneself in order to achieve unrealistic beauty or gender standards. Wait, can we get her to be president? Is it too late? Uh, I think it might be too late. She became an active advocate... Change.org petition. Ah, perfect. There we go. always work. Okay, so here's the thing. I feel like in 2016, now 2017, it became a little bit more 
I hate using the phrase popular, but, like, more accepted to be a celebrity that's, like, a much more of an advocate and talking about, like, mental health and sexual yeah. and all this stuff. Hey, fucking Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Yeah. When, like, that was all anybody could talk about even before she died. Exactly. And, like... Because Carrie Fisher fucking ruled. R.I.P. Carrie Fisher. Jane, make me cry. Um, but part of my argument is that, like, you know, that's, like, you, not, like, easier to do now, but it's more of a thing that celebrities do now. Demi Lovato was doing this fucking seven years ago. Uh, and did not get a lot. No, like, no one knew. Um, so she became an active advocate for mental health and self-care, working with various organizations, funding a rehab center, and showing off tattoos, uh, phrases such as, love is louder than the pressure to be perfect. She also got stay strong tattooed over the cuts on her wrists. Uh, That's, like, the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. She began releasing new music no longer tied to the Disney brand and embraced her, uh, fuller, healthier body, often refusing to be airbrushed when doing photo shoots. Uh, she's spoken, Fuck yeah! She's spoken out a lot about how she thinks that you know women being photoshopped so much is like very unhealthy for young girls to see. Uh, she announced her departure from acting and released her album Broken, which debuted at number four on Billboard. The single Skyscraper was certified platinum and won MTV's Best Video with an Image oh, Best Video with a Message Award. Uh, since her public rise and fall, Demi has continued to produce and release music successfully. From 2012 to 2013, Demi worked as a judge on The X Factor and began working in the spotlight again, mending her relationship with the Jonas Brothers and eventually touring on her own as well as with Nick Jonas. Not Jonas. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. What? Jonas just, doesn't have a Just because you're, like, in a better place doesn't mean you have to tour with your ex-boyfriend. I was mostly just trying, in case anyone forgot, to, like, make clear that Nick is not the one... I'd also like to say that... Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> Eric doesn't... They're know. different. Eric is Jonas Brothers blind. I honestly just wanted to be like, yeah, the, it's the brother. I would also like to say that Tom and I have stopped, like, interrupting because we are both very engrossed in this story. Um, Demi continued to, has continued to raise awareness for mental health stigma, addiction, and eating disorders. She has publicly criticized trends such as the thigh gap for harming girls' self-esteem and values. Uh, just some examples of her advocacy work in the past few years include she was named the ambassador of Mean Stinks, a campaign focused on eliminating I'm sorry, mean, girls. mean stings? Stinks. Cool. Mean stinks, cool. Yeah. Uh, they probably also had, like, a deodorant or something. <laughs> um, in 2013, she was cited, uh, at the National Children's Mental Health Awareness Day in Washington, uh, for being, uh, her dedication as a mentor. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to make a lot of these a lot shorter. No, it's all good. Uh, in June 2013, uh, she announced the creation of the Lovato Treatment Scholarship Program, uh, which was dedicated to her late father, which pays treatment costs for mentally ill patients when they go to school. Fuck yeah. Uh, in 2014, Lovato was named the LA Pride Parade Performer for the Pride Week for her contribution to the LGBT community. Side note, Demi has been private about her sexuality and has mentioned not feeling like she needs to be labeled, but her, uh, but has, like, mentioned her attraction to women as well as men. Some believe... Wasn't well, that what, uh, Cool for the Summer is about? My next point was some believe oh. the lyrics in her song Cool for the Summer hint her bisexuality. Sorry. I'm not gonna pretend, like, I know Demi Lovato's personal life, uh, but... Well, we have a special guest right here! No, I'm just oh, kidding. But I think she's trying to be bisexual. <laughs> she, she, um, she didn't respond on, to my emails. <laughs> in April 2016, Lovato received... I'm, I'm just trying not to cry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry? No, no it's a beautiful cry. cry. It's a sweet she's cry. Like, it's a good she's cry. Like Turned her terrible life into something amazing for other people. Not you got for, me. Just you for got herself. me at the the scholarship. Tattoo, at the tattoo bed. Oh, the yeah. Oh, the tattoo. I really like the scholarship. Program. Um, in April 2016, she received the Glad Vanguard Award for making a significant uh, difference. GLAAD. Yeah. And. No, Saranara. Uh, I'm just kidding. In promoting equal rights for the LGBT community. Uh, Sweet. 
In 2016, Lavalle was among the artists that signed an open letter to stop gun violence created by Billboard. She is uh, she was one of the like earlier celebrities to very publicly uh, define herself as a feminist and kind of question uh, other celebrities who don't. She spoke at the 2016 DNC about raising awareness for mental health. Jesus. Uh, she has discussed representation and discrimination regarding the Latino community as she is half Mexican and believes part of the reason her father struggled so much was due to the racism he faced. And uh, the last note I have uh, officially the story is that Demi's last drink was in 2012, and to this day she still attends AA meetings. Um. <laughs> hmm. Aww. Okay, Aww. well... Guess the, room, guess the room wasn't feeling it, but the Gamergate one was. No, we were enraptured. I was gonna give a little note saying that, like, I that you're cool. For the well, summer. okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing. I, because I talked about, I talked about like hor- hor- like the most horrendous bullshit imaginable for uh an hour, <laughs> an hour of our to- of our human life, of our life minutes, and and so I think those claps. Um, don't correct me if I'm wrong, because I won't believe you. We're more claps of relief of, oh, thank God, it's over. It's done. This was a triumph. This was a triumph. I wept behind Liam. You did not see it. I wept very quietly behind Liam. Um, you, yeah, well, yeah, that was why I was behind you and not behind anybody else. Um, what's the, what's the, because, because, like, what, what's, like, the fan name for it? I'm sure it's, like, a Lovato-ian or something. She, oh, like, Demigoddess. There we go. Demigoddess. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, she's a Demigoddess. Boom. There you go. Bam. People will hopefully not be, like, no, yeah, we're all Demigoddess Yeah, she fucking owns! Heard it, heard it through the door, and I was, like, yeah, no, that's what we call ourselves. She punched that fan, but she didn't. Demi Lovato, we love you. Yeah. I love Demi Lovato, and I guess that's the end of my short story, but I think we should all feel happy. I don't yeah. love, I don't love, yeah. Woo! That was awesome. All right. We have our last guest. Second. Our second guest. And our last guest. Yeah. Why can't I be all last? Hey, guys. It's hey, Eric, my Yeah, Liam's not a fucking guest on this program. Yeah. What the fuck do you think you're listening to? Yeah. Hey, this is Media Majors with Tom Lockney and his special guest that shows up every single fucking week. Yeah. Liam Senior. No. Eric, what are we yelling about? I'm mad at Eric. I'm always mad. At I'm angry. Anime episode all along. Yeah. Anyways, Eric, what did we watch? <laughs> what would you say the best pitching performance in Major League Baseball history was? Corgi. Uh, no, um, uh, uh, the Rube. Thanks. Uh, oh. Not Cy Young. Rube was better. Wait, than no, no, Cy no, 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 not Rube. Ellis in the no, no. It's not I the no, no. I didn't say the best pitcher. The best pitching performance. Oh, it's not. It's not the no, no. It's the fucking. It's that motherfucker who was fucked up on cocaine, Lonnie Smith. We're going to go to actually. Before I start, I need to preface this because like, <laughs> no trigger warning. So fans are not in the audience. <laughs> hey, I played softball. All right. So, that do counts. we know what a perfect game is? Yes. yes. Uh, do we know what explain the it anyways. a perfect game and a no-hitter is? Yes. 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 Great. Okay. A no-hitter is simply a game in which a pitcher pitches a whole game, nine innings, wins the game, and doesn't allow a single hit. A perfect game is harder because it you not only are you not allowed to allow not allowed to allow a hit, you are also not allowed to allow a walk or an error. And an error is something a pitcher has almost no control over. Mm-hmm. In I found out on Wikipedia 
out of there have been over two hundred and ten thousand baseball games played in Major League Baseball history, mm-hmm. twenty three of them have been perfect games. Wow, that's actually a lot more than I thought. It's yeah, okay. <laughs> there there have been twenty three since eighteen eighty. I still wouldn't have guessed over fifteen. Really difficult to do. There have been a co- there have been a couple hundred no hitters. I'm not sure of the actual figure for that. But there have only been 23 perfect games because it relies on luck as well as skill. Like, you can be pitching a great game, but if a fielder drops the ball, then it's not a perfect game anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not even the pitcher's fault, but it's not a perfect game. Gotcha. There, have been, there was a span of 34 years between one perfect game and another. Damn. Um, there was, in 2012, there were three in one year, which is... No way! Crazy. Yeah. And... Like you'd think that like you know that it's only great pitchers that have made it to a perfect game, but there are a couple like complete scrubs. Who, <laughs> by major league Eric was an original member of TLC. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> like Philip Humber is like this nobody who retired two years after throwing a perfect game. Because why would you kill Juan after that? You'd be like, I'm no, done. He retired because he was terrible. Oh, gotcha. He retired because his stats were terrible after that. After the perfect game, I would have walked up to my manager and be like, hey, I, I can't do this anymore. So we're going to talk about the greatest <laughs> pitching performance of all time. Rube Bordell. And how it is not a perfect game. Oh. Well. Oh. May 26, 1959. Can you shout the date for me? May 26th, 1959! You're the best. You are literally the best. (laughs) Pittsburgh Pirates versus Atlanta Braves. That's the game that we're looking at. The two starting pitchers. The starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves is Lou Burdett. Mm -hmm. Lou Burdett is about six foot two. He He is an archetypical pitcher. He is tall. He is athletic. He has a wisecrack. That kind of thing. He's known for having a quick joke. Not for like being a prankster or something, but he's known for being pretty witty. The on the other side is the Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher Harvey Haddix. <laughs> Harvey Haddix was nicknamed the Kitten <laughs> because of his. Fuck all of you for not laughing at that. <laughs> and it's not even because of like some adorable attribute of his. It's because he looked like a guy named Felix who was nicknamed the Cat. That's such bullshit. I fucking hate baseball. He was nicknamed the kitten because he was short for a pitcher. He was only five foot nine, which listeners is my height, which immediately endears me to him. (laughs) (laughs) Nowadays, six foot tall is short for a pitcher. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Is there any? Is it just because they get like a long, um, better? Yeah. Like is it just? Yeah. I can talk to you for a full half hour about pitching. Please don't. Please don't. I might because I'm fascinated by the physics of baseball. The two things that I've said I'm fascinated by on this podcast: <laughs> human sexuality. Your oh no 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 three wait human sexuality. sexuality your own genitals. My own genitals. <laughs> yep yep yep. Fascinating. And uh, physics of baseball. Yes. <laughs> what type of person am I? A, you're a Gemini. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. 1959. 1959. Braves versus Pirates. 1959. 1959. Right before. All right. Civil so a little. Bit, so you know the you know the two pitchers, Luberdeck for the Braves and Harvey Haddock's pitching for the Pirates. The kitten. <laughs> Both of these are good pitchers. Neither the, I don't think either of them went to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Luberdeck is probably a little more prestigious. He almost won a Cy Young award. They were both All Stars. These are both good, solid, dependable. However, 
Only one of these pitchers has the Atlanta Braves at the time backing them up, which was full of Hall of Famers and other good hitters. Gotcha. Like, the Braves lineup had won the National League pennant for two years in a row going into this game. So I've just talked about how the Braves were kind of... Stacked. They were studs, essentially. <laughs> Ew, gross. In this, in this arena. Gross. They were not exactly the underdogs. Those were the Pirates who were, like... Half of their team was, like, out on injuries. Harvey Haddix, the pitcher, was fighting off a cold. They didn't have their superstar, Roberto Clemente. The kitten had the sniffles. <laughs> <laughs> the kitten did have the sniffles. That's very, very cute. Um, That's adorable. Uh, they didn't have Roberto Clemente. I don't know if anyone's heard of that, but he have... was a huge Pittsburgh Pirates star. <laughs> and he was out this game because of injuries. People knew that Harvey Haddix was a good pitcher, but, like... They were worried that, it, that Lou Burdett was also a good pitcher, so it was just going to be a one-sided game of the Braves scoring and the Pirates not scoring. <laughs> Oof. So, the game starts, and it immediately becomes apparent that it's going to be a pitcher's duel. Okay. Um, the first two innings, hardly anyone even gets on base. Damn. In the top of the second, the, literally the only the only person who got on base in the first two innings was in the top of the second against Burdett. Mm-hmm. A guy hit a single, and then immediately the next play after was a double play. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Bill Mazeroski then struck out to end the inning. <laughs> Going to the top of the third, however, it got a little exciting. To win baseball? I doubt it. Yeah, a guy hit a single, and then he uh, another guy behind him with sorry with one out. Hit, a, hit another single. I'm oh, sorry. That guy was was Harvey Haddix himself. The kitten. Yeah. The pitcher hit a single in the third inning. The guy on first tries to make it to third and gets thrown out. Oof. Trying to make it to third. So this is definitely the not a perfect guy game. Also hits a single. So if the guy had just waited at second, he probably would have scored anyway. <laughs> Which means that the Pirates had three hits in an inning and somehow still did not manage to score. Well, that sounds like a normal Pittsburgh sports team to me. Because the next guy flew out. Yeah, no, it's... It, this inning should have ended up with at least a run for the Pirates and did not. Can we agree that all sports teams from Philadelphia are just fucking terrible? Yeah. Flyers. Uh, sorry, not Philadelphia. Pennsylvania. Flyers. <laughs> Steelers. Eagles. All yes. terrible. So, we're going to skip. Uh, that was the top of the third inning. It stays scoreless <laughs> through, the, through to the fifth inning. <laughs> When another guy hits a single against Burdett, and another immediate double play takes place after. Like, <laughs> Did they even need other players? Like, it seems like it'd just be two, the two pitchers throwing shit at each other. Pittsburgh Pirates keep getting hits, and then they keep not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, we're going to skip all the way to the end of the game, to the ninth inning. Okay. Because the top of the ninth starts... And again, the Pirates get a single, and with two outs, they get another single to put a guy on third base, 90 feet away from home, and the next guy grounds out. So nine innings have come and gone for the Pirates' offense, and they still have not scored a run. Meanwhile, I haven't really talked about what Haddix has been doing, have I? No. No. Because he hasn't ever allowed a single base runner up to this point. Gee, the kitten! Hot the damn. The kitten has been throwing the best game that anyone has ever seen. The kitten is purring. Players <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm died. sorry. I'm died sorry. of fire. That is a Liam joke. Players later on would say it was the best pitching performance they'd ever seen because mm-hmm. there were not... He had struck out, I think, like six or eight 
batters by this point. Um, there was there were not okay. any plays that were difficult. Like there was no dramatic diving catch that saved the perfect game. Every hit was a routine ground ball or a routine fly, or a routine fly ball. Like for the Ken. Yeah, for, yeah. for the Pittsburgh for the for the Braves offense, which again mm-hmm. was the good team. The good team, the studs <laughs> yeah. as you called them. Um, they're the ones. They're the ones who were stacked. <laughs> And they're the ones that was who are... fucking perfect. <laughs> like you hit both those notes. I'm not very good at much. I'm not very good at many things like talking or being funny. But I, <laughs> I can, I can nail that whistle. So there going, you go. Had two for two. Yeah. Going into the ninth inning, Haddix has a perfect game going. And if you don't know, uh, you're not supposed to talk about a perfect game while it's happening. Mm-mm. And so the radio announcer... You don't look been, at the picture, picture. you don't, like... Yeah, you're not you leave him the fuck alone. Which is... I feel like it's mostly not observed Would anymore. you say that baseball is the most superstitious sport? Or at least it's was? up there. Yeah. Um, if it isn't, it's, like, close. Yeah. Yeah, I could have done a story about baseball superstitions. Actually. Save that like, one, there Deb. Are, there are guys who would only tie their left shoe before their right shoe. There are guys who would never step onto the line on the onto the foul line when they're coming onto the field and they have oh, to I step know. with a specific foot. And God's up there like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? Just play the game. <laughs> I've cut 20 bad. bucks on the A's. The so, A's are still a team, right? Yes. That's <laughs> what Moneyball was about. Never saw it. Oh, okay. I liked it. It's a good movie. I hear it's good. Jonah Hill. <laughs> He's wearing glasses so, uh, in You it. know, every single Jonah Hill movie where I do not have to see his penis is a great movie. That's a plus It's a great Jonah Hill movie. exactly the same. <laughs> so the bottom of the night starts. Mm-hmm. And again, Haddix is pitching a perfect game, but he has no run support. So even, <laughs> even if he pitches a perfect game, he doesn't win the game because his, his team behind him has scored nothing. You know what? he's from Pittsburgh. That's a goddamn hot sack of trash, and I fucking will not stand for it. Oh, I'm, I know it happened in the past, other, but I'm mad thing. about it. So Lou Burdett has also been pitching this entire time. No relief pitchers. But again... But Jesus, wait, all nine? Yeah. Both, Fuck both me. Pitcher, both fucked starting up. pitchers have gone this far. Listen, I don't know however, shit about shit about baseball, but I know that that's fucked however, up. However, Looper Debt has been getting incredibly lucky. Like, the team's getting hits, but they should be getting more because Looper Debt only strikes out two batters the entire game. He only manages two. So almost every batter is hitting the ball into play, and just most of them happen to be going to a fielder. Imagine how Pittsburgh fans must feel at this. They're already angry because they live in Pittsburgh. (laughs) The name of the city is Pittsburgh, as in it is the Pits. And it's also a burg. Yep. Like, the Pittsburgh offense, over the course of the game, collects 12 hits. Because in the bottom of the ninth inning... Harvey Haddock stays perfect. He pitches a complete nine innings perfect, but the game isn't over. Oh my god. <laughs> the poor kitten. So we Let him go. T- just, just end the game. Yeah. We go into the tenth inning and Looper Debt stays in. Oh uh, boy. The, the Pirates get a single, but again, they can't do anything with it. Oh no. We go into the tenth and Haddock also stays in. Okay. And he pitches a perfect 
tenth inning. <laughs> Jesus. We go to the top. The manager's pants are filled with shit at this point. <laughs> we go to the shit top. and come and come and come. Just a real goopy disaster. Classic media major staple. Come and shit. Gotta you put know. come and Degrassi in every episode we come do. Shit Degrassi. Come the, shit Degrassi. The holy media major of media majors. Yeah, it's you can like inject it. Yeah, dude. You ever do Degrassi? Yeah, dude. You've never shit a fluid? Wait. <laughs> You've never injected right, fluid yes, shit yes, into hey, your hey, legs? Hey. <laughs> we're going to go to the top of the <laughs> Lou Burdett stays in. The Pirates get another single, and they get another double play. That's the third this game. That's high. So, so at this point, all the all the 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 battermen run onto the field and throw. They start killing him. Gasoline, no, douse it in gasoline and light it on fire. They just want and to go then home. kill everybody in the stands with their baseball with with the baseball weapons. Because in the the bottom of the eleventh, Haddock stays in and pitches another perfect inning. Shut the fuck up! I'm Haddix. I'm Haddix. Okay, I'm Haddix. Let's role play for a minute here. I've no, I'm Let's role play for a minute here. I don't want to die no, Let's role play for a minute here. I'm Haddix, and Liam why is, is the enemy team? Yeah, and Bardak. I, uh, no, no, no. He's actually no, no, no. Liam I'm is not the them? enemy team. He's my team. Okay. And I'm so fear. It's the pirates, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh fuck the pirates. Speak I don't into know the pop filter. I don't know. Pirates. I don't know shit about shit about baseball, but I know that the pirates suck. Um, and Liam is the pirates, and I am. <laughs> Senor Haddix. <laughs> how long? How long did you think I would go without making some sort of pirate reference? And I take, uh, I take go. my, I, I look at my beautiful arm and I go, I've pitched a perfect game. And I'm not I can, I can take on the world. I can kill God with this arm. Yeah. <laughs> I line my team up and I go, everybody in a line straight. Oh, not a, not a man out of place. And I throw a fucking baseball through all, how many people on a baseball team? Depends <laughs> on the team, my dude. Uh, there are nine on the field, but usually 25 in a whole team. Oh, you know what? All 25 what of them, doing? all 25 of them uh, line up, and, and I look at, or they're reserves. They're on the and I look at my arm, and I go, uh, 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 what is it, Super Saiyan 3? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. And I fucking throw a baseball we both hate through all of them, because it's been 11 innings, and I've been fucking yeah. killing the game. So, so, Haddix, so Haddix has thrown 11 consecutive perfect innings and no one else has ever thrown 10 like he and he murders his whole team because he, they're still because losing he fucks all of their because wives in every other perfect game <laughs> the, the pitcher's team scored a fucking yeah. run fuck you pittsburgh <laughs> fuck you pittsburgh <laughs> fuck you pittsburgh <laughs> top of the 12th starts pittsburgh gets a single with two outs the next guy grounds out we go to the bottom of the 12th Haddix pitches another perfect inning. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Team. We go to the Can you get me a fucking hit? Wait, do we do we know is there a payoff as to why or how this happened, or was he just like feeling lucky that day? Oh, oh, I have I have a thing about this. Pitching so well that the opposing relief team, the Braves, stole the, the catcher's sign so they knew what he was pitching on each pitch. And he still 
pitched a perfect game. <laughs> Fuck you. That's fucking Fuck baller. the Pittsburgh they team, could, except for Haddock. They figured out when he was throwing a fastball, off-speed, or a breaking pitch, and they would, like, use a towel to show when it was a fastball. If it wasn't there, it was a breaking ball. Gotcha. Okay. And the batters still didn't know what he was doing. Later on, Haddock has this quote that reveals a lot about how people talked in those days. Okay. <laughs> how many times does the N-word appear You could have put two cups on, the other <laughs> si- on either side of the plate and I would have been able to hit him. Okay. <laughs> Was he drunk? Why not? That sounds like something measure. I would say like five minutes from now. That's how you measure control, that's like, guess, That sounds like something addicts. I would have said 25 minutes ago. So, <laughs> top of the 13th, the, the pirates pick up another hit but can't do anything with it. Because they're the pirates. They're fucking useless. So we head to the bottom of the 13th. Oh, no. That's an unlucky number. Haddix comes in again. Luberdet, by the way, has pitched 13 scoreless innings. He's given up 12 hits, but he has 13 scoreless innings. Because for whatever reason, he's the luckiest man in the world. Because <laughs> he has the best team behind him, while the well, kitten has the worst? Okay. Basically. It's the kitten versus the studs. The bottom of the 13th start, and you remember how I told you how everything was routine, how yeah. nothing was how nothing was like difficult for the fielders? Another routine ground ball throws, goes to third base, and the third baseman throws it in the dirt. Wait. And a runner reaches first base. No, for the Braves though, right? The Braves is our yeah, one yeah. base. Oh. oh, they ruined the perfect game. It was, yeah, and again, Haddix. This is not Haddix's fault. It's the third baseman. That's an error. Yeah. That's not on Haddix. The next guy does a sacrifice bunt to get the guy to second base, so there's a runner on second base with one out. Oh, and did I mention... uh, You didn't. ...the main star of the Braves who happens to be coming up to bat at this point? His name was Hank Aaron. Have you heard of him? Well, they're fucked. Wait, actually... They're fucked. Super actually, fucked. For those who don't know, actually, Hank Aaron, does he still hold the number? No, I have not heard Barry of him. Barry Bonds passed the home run. He passed it. Right. Hank Aaron's had the, the record number for home runs Barry for Bonds. a very long time. Barry Bonds beat Hank Aaron's record, which was 755 career home runs. But Barry Bonds was also, like, jacked up on the juice. <laughs> like, he was fucking juicy juice at this point. And so Haddix, knowing what Hank Aaron can do, does an intentional walk. Puts him on first base, runners on first and second. The next guy is a batter named Joe Adcock, and he hits a home run. Cock. He hits a home run. (laughs) He hits a home run. Yeah, no, I heard you, and it's bumming me out. There's a, there's a side note here. The game is over because it's the bottom of the 13th. That's a walk-off yeah, home run. A, yeah. There's a side note here. It should be 3-0, to zero, but the game is only 1-0. to zero because, because they counted at the first run. No, Hank Aaron uh, like stopped at second base, and Joe Adcock passed him and then didn't score. So Hank Aaron is counted as out, and only one run actually crossed the plate. If this is still enough for the game to be over, it's just a weird note. And so that's how Harvey Haddix lost the greatest pitching performance of all time. <sighs> that sucks. No, Wait, so does he have any recognition at all for Oh, this? absolutely. People okay. Go, okay. People, every player who was at the game goes like, that was the greatest pitching performance I've ever seen. The manager said, I've never seen pitching like that. Everyone there said it was the greatest pitching performance of all time because yeah. no other pitcher has thrown 12 perfect innings in a game. So this counts as a perfect game because... Major League Baseball uh, defined... Wait, wait, it counts as a perfect game for who? For ha- for Haddix. Okay. Um, because Major League Baseball defined it as nine perfect innings. That's all that it required. Um, and Lou Burdett, Like, And after the game, Harvey Haddix is like the perfect teammate. 
Like, he's just sad that they lost. He's not even sad that he lost. Oh, the kitten sounds like Like, the best guy. He took, like, a second to, like, hesitate and, like, think about this, like, stunning loss. And then he, like, started answering reporters' questions because that's what you did. And after the game, Lou Burdett called him and goes... You know, Harvey, you really need to learn how to space out your hit. Fuck you, Lou. Fuck you, Lou. Fuck you, Lou. Fuck you, Lou. Lumberdead is great. Lumberdead is great. Lumberdead is an asshole. Later on, Lumberdead goes, I must be the greatest pitcher alive because that was the greatest pitching performance of all time and I beat it. Fuck you. Lumberdead is amazing. Lumberdead is an asshole. Lumberdead is wonderful. Oh, I love it. And then, uh... 35 years later, Major League Baseball changes the definitions of a perfect game. To? To you have to win it. And you can't give up a hit. Assholes. So Harvey Haddix is no longer considered to have thrown a perfect game in his career because he doesn't throw another one. And when people when people asked him about how he felt of this, he was like an old man. <laughs> Get off my lawn. This is the 90s. I need medicine and I miss my wife. Yeah. He responds with, it's okay. I know what I did. Cool. Dude, that fucking... I love it. That's rad. So there is there is also, like, a, a happy ending to this story. Because cool. 1960 mm-hmm. is the year that the Pittsburgh Pirates won the World Series. Oh, was Harvey on the team? He was. And this is also the year that Roberto Clemente, like, cemented his status as a complete star. Like, he was, he was the superstar, the face of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Bill Mazeroski is one of the two pirates who struck out during this game. Um, one of the only two that Lou Burdett managed to strike out. He's the one who- And Lou Burdett calls him every day and says, I gotcha, you, son of a bitch. I think Bill Mazeroski is the only one of the three who's still alive. Jesus. Um, God, this we are all gonna die. Yeah. Um, God, I hope so. One day. Bill Mazeroski is the one who hit a game-winning home run in, I think, Game 6 of the 19 World World Series. Oh, no, actually, no, Game 7. Like, Game 7 of the World Series, he hits a game-winning home run. Wow. Which Harvey Haddix gets the win for, because Harvey Haddix was brought in as a relief pitcher, didn't even pitch that well in Game 7, like, gave up a run, but he still gets the win in that game because the win happened after... He came into the game. God, I don't like baseball, but I could listen to Eric talk about it for a very long time. Actually, yeah, this is true. Eric, credit where credit is due. That was great. I, yeah, I like. I do not give a fuck about baseball. Every time you've come on this goddamn just godforsaken show. podcast. The last time was a bit different. Yeah, the last time we talked about fucking <laughs> Yeah, balls. last time you were like, hey, like, put bull semen in your dick. Like, yeah, <laughs> dude. you that did that. Yeah, well, you this, talked about that. That was your joke. That no, was your thing. No, 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 you, no. You kept but asking you, us. You to, literally like, were like, like <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no, no. All right. How you doing? <sighs> well, I have... July 12th! <laughs> 1908. Should I be closing the window? We have neighbors. I was I was appreciating it while I was telling my story because it kept me on the edge. <sighs> Mendel nice Berlinger, I'm talking now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Mendel Berlinger is born on July 12th, 1908. He goes by the name Milton Berl. He was an American comedian and actor. He was the first major American television star. Around 1920, at age 12, Burl made his stage debut in a revival of the musical comedy Floridora in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And it moved to Broadway. So he was like, you know, 12 and was on Broadway. 
By 16, he was working as a MC in vaudeville. And, like, very hard to get into vaudeville at the time because you had people like the Three Stooges and all those people doing their, like, stage routines. And the fact that he was hosting this is huge because he was 16. What did you do when you were 16? Not that. No. Cracked off a lot. I was literally about to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, all, all I remember is blurry gifts of, of horribleness. Oh, God. By the time he was 16, he was working as an MC in vaudeville. But after being an MC, he went on to being one of the first very successful stand-ups in the 30s. Burl, Burl went into radio. Uh, radio was kind of the basis for modern television. And when television was a thing, all the radio stars went over to television. And Burl was so... He started his first TV series in 1948. It was called the Texaco Star Theater. This is back when companies would over, like, their names would have to be on it. Yeah. Uh, you had the Lipton Tea Radio Hour. You had all that, all that bullshit. Um, oh, and fun nerd fact. Uh, Neil Simon was a writer for his show. Neil Simon would go on to create the Odd Couple in the play version, oh. and then the TV version is considered one of the greatest writers, uh, at least to me. Mm-hmm. So Mer- Milton Berle isn't funny. Like, he's not funny. Like, he's not good at comedy. Like, he's oh. bad at it. Oh, well, okay. I immediately identify with this His guy. His entire... No, <laughs> you're better at comedy than Milton Berle is. His entire <laughs> shtick was like, I'm dressed as a lady. Isn't that ridiculous? Oh. And people would lose their shit. Oh. Because he was dressed as a lady. So he would just do, like, outlandish vaudeville slapstick and, like, crazy costumes. Like, oh my god, he has fruit on his head. What? Whoa. Comedy. So when the show moved to NBC, it dominated Tuesday Night TV for several years. It was the number one slot in the Nielsen ratings, which don't mean anything. <laughs> and uh, it held 80% of the audience, of viewing audience. Uh, he won an Emmy Award for his first season, uh, and it got to the point where people, uh, movie theater owners, didn't release movies on Tuesday because no one would come to a Tuesday night movie because Texaco Star Theater would be on. Basically, every, everything was closed on Tuesdays. It got to so it got so bad that um, <laughs> they had to investigate a water problem in Detroit because every Tuesday at nine oh five. All there would be like a surge of water because at nine oh five they had a commercial break and everyone would go to the bathroom and they'd flush and everyone flushed the toilet at the same time because Milton Berle was on. That's fucked up. They went and Detroit was like, guys, please hold it. That's fucking awesome. We are and Flint is still not happening. Guys, oh my god, everybody's Uh, flushing the toilet at the same time. I cannot possibly imagine a worse problem this city could ever have in the future. Worst problems is the joke that we are making. Yes. Uh, television set sales more than doubled after Milton's debut, and it was they they sold two million televisions in 1949. God. Uh, and that was a very new thing at the time, and it wasn't you know nowadays that's nothing. Yeah. You can get an HD TV for like a hundred bucks. People did not have money. Yeah. So this was huge. Well, uh, we still don't have money. You know Let's I mean. be clear. We're, we're doing a like, quote-unquote live show in in my family's basement. Uh, the, the TV was considered a luxury, <laughs> and because of his star power, uh, more people wanted to buy it. Like, that's He's basically like... Well, it's, it, you know what, a comparable, I'm going to fucking be a loser here, but a comparable thing would be like uh, system sellers, system exclusives, where it's like, oh, like I bought PS4 to play uh, Bloodborne or The Last Guardian, or I bought Xbox so I could play the new Call of Duty or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Notice he didn't mention Nintendo in there, and I, uh, mm, I see what you did. Yeah. Basically, he was called Uncle Milty because everybody, <laughs> kids, audiences loved him. It would go out to be a weird name. Because, Uh-oh. Uh, Oh no! So people stopped oh, no. the show after four years. Uh, NBC canceled it. 
and he fired him. And he went on to have a like semi-successful career in movies and plays and other television shows in like the early 90s. Uh, he was on 90210, believe it or not. Kind of a rude prick. In so keeping, he, in keeping with with medium before. majors franchise history of like, hey, here's this white dude from the past. Oh wait, he totally sucks. This white dude who would put his mom in every audience because she had a really loud laugh and it would cause other people to laugh. To be fair, I would do that. Okay, yeah. I would also. What do I'm that. saying is, he was a genius, <laughs> but he was also like unfunny. And an asshole. Oh no. We've talked about this before, but when he hosted Saturday Night Live, it was a disaster. He would literally upstage the other players, so uh, for people who don't know, he would go behind them on the stage so they'd have to turn their backs to the audience so that he would get FaceTime. He would rewrite sketches without telling people. He once threw a crumpled sketch in a writer's face and said, do it again. He was a he was a monster. <laughs> Sounds like it, yeah. Well, like, the thing in SNL That's is that... That's all the evidence I need. Well, no, the thing on SNL is that, like, you are a guest, you are yeah. a guest host, and most of the people who have, like, been really rude to the writers have been banned. Steven Seagal. Hey, hey. Milton Eric and Jane. Banned. Take note. Take, take note. Take two. note. Ugh. Take note. Ugh. I'm gonna crumple up the microphone and throw it in your face and say, do it again! Yeah. <laughs> My meeting with the SNL writers next week is gonna take a very different turn. <laughs> One of the show's writers, SNL's Rosie Schuster, described the rehearsals for Burl as watching a comedy train accident in slow motion, but on a loop. Not only did he upstage, he mugged at the camera, something that Lord Michaels does not like. Uh, he would do spit takes. Like, <laughs> oh my no god. <laughs> so he would go get a drink, and then out of nowhere just spit water on somebody. Yuck. On a live television show. <laughs> you know what amazing? I love? You know what's my favorite thing in the world? When somebody spits on me when I'm not expecting it uh, even a little it. bit. He also um, did a perform like so uh, in the Muppet Show, which was one of the original like variety shows. They sometimes would just have a Muppet sing a song, like sing a standard. Yeah. And that works for a puppet show because like you're watching a puppet and you're watching him sing it, and it's like that's that's artistry. Like there's something more than just the song. Milton Burl just sang like maudlin standards on SNL, and Lord Michaels is like, this is not what I wanted the show to be. <laughs> I wanted it to be funny! Uh, and he was banned. And they also buried the episode he hosted and only uh, surfaced again in 2003. Because Lorne well, Michaels did release it all. Thank God Lorne Michaels buried all those unfunny episodes of SNL. Otherwise. Respect the neck from your knees to your feet! Oh, God. Uh, in 1974, Burl had a minor altercation with Richard Pryor. Hell yeah. <laughs> Eric's already laughing. Who won? Like Who won? Basically, oh, Richard, Richard Pryor won. Fuck yeah. Richard Pryor ended the conversation with, all right, sweetheart. Because <laughs> Milton Berle, uh, Milton Berle was talking about how he had emotional fallout because he kept impregnating women he wasn't married to, and Richard Pryor just was laughing at him because Berle's an asshole. And Milton Berle was like, I wish Richard that... That I could have laughed at that time under your age when I was your age, the way you laughed just now, but I couldn't. And then Richard Pryor was like, okay, sweetheart, because <laughs> Richard Pryor is the best. So, hey, uh, what's another fun fact about Milton Berle that you guys like to know? Are we talking? I know what he this He had a giant penis! Like the biggest penis! 
that people, how big was it? Liam. Marilyn Monroe is quoted in saying, everyone in Hollywood is talking about how Milton Berle has the biggest schlong here. Can we, oh, like, uh, can we get, get like a, she, fucked she also Burl. fucked Milton Berle oh, because he had a giant dick can we, Marilyn Monroe knew how to do. Can we get a fisherman's estimate? Was it this big? Was it this so, big? The thing is, We'll, we'll go into it. Oh wait, can I can I make a thing? People in Hollywood always overestimate how they would use a ton of hyperbole when they're talking about like a dude who has a big dick. Judy like, Dench once claimed that Daniel Radcliffe was that's right, Daniel Craig. <laughs> oh wait, hang on a second. You just invented. You just read the best fanfic that's ever been written. <laughs> Turning the microphone back around because I just said that Judy Dench has said Daniel Radcliffe had a big dick. I mean, doesn't he though? So Liam Neeson's Liam Neeson's ex-lover once said that when he opened his pants, an Evian bottle would fall out. Uh, it was Janice Dickinson who said that. Yeah, America, American top, uh, ne- America's next top model, Judge Janice people, Dickinson. People, people in Hollywood are not the best authority on because, like, <laughs> if you listen to them, every actor has the biggest <laughs> dick in the world. What's is it? What? What is it? Is it like an exaggeration thing, or is it like a, I've had very little sex in my, or like, is it well, like no, a, I've had very little I sex in my life, so like, whoa! It's like a very like, I don't care, like, I'm gonna fuck the people I wanna fuck, because I'm like a person. We, yeah, yeah. Well, we've talked she, about Marilyn Monroe, yeah. yeah. But she was also no, like, no, he's, he's, he's pretty young. Um, uh, and Truman Capote yeah. was the person who told everyone that Marilyn Monroe said that. <laughs> Truman Capote is maybe my hero. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was so, it was such a big rumor that Howard Stern would get Milton Berle to appear on a show and would ask his producers only let callers in if they want to ask Milton about his dick. Nice. So another thing about Milton Berle is that he was also a joke thief. Oh, uh, which in the comedy community the is worst. Like the worst yeah. thing you could do. But Carlos Mencia. At the time, totally normal. Yeah. So... Uh, there's this writer named Alan Scheinbaum, and a lot of comedy writers, Woody Allen did this, Mel Brooks did this, you would actually write stand-up for other people, and you would get paid per joke. And Alan Scheinbaum was so good, he was 25 bucks per joke, which was, back then, like, that's fucking, like, that's great. That means he was very funny. So, Scheinbaum went to go see a Milton Berle show, and Milton Berle used one of his jokes, and Scheinbaum was like, fucker didn't pay me for that one. And Sean Baum's not gonna, you know, he's like, no, I deserve to be paid for my work, and he totally stole my joke. So, he barges into Milton Berle's dressing room. He was sitting around, shining his shoes, and I walked into the dressing room. I told him I knew he was using the joke. I told him I wanted 25 bucks. He said it was an old joke, and he'd change it anyways. It wasn't the same joke I'd written. So I told him, this is from um, Alan Scheinbaum. Uh, so I told him to fuck off, and he knew what he was and what I was, so he didn't have to do anything. The money was nothing to him, but he didn't want to admit it was wrong. The big guys never wanted to admit they'd taken anything. They thought that the joke was never as important as the guy who told it, which is fucking not true. Yeah, that's garbage. I told Burl that I wasn't leaving, so he told me, fine, I could stay there. What the hell do you care? And then he stood up, because he was wearing boxer shorts, the ones with the slit down the front. He wasn't wearing pants, there was a hook on the back of the door, and when he stood up, his dick came out of the slit of his front of his shorts. And he kept talking to me like he didn't know or didn't care. And his dick was just flapping against the front of his shorts. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, by the way, one, he knew. Two, he definitely cared. Yeah, Louis C.K. A real, uh, oh, no, 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 a real Lyndon B. Johnson move. Uh, also a real Louis C.K. move. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, he is, and to quote Scheinbaum. No, never. Absolutely no, not. No, he does a show. <laughs> No, he's a monster. To quote Shadbomb, it was so fucking big, I kept looking down at it. 
and he knew because he kept talking. And the longer he talked and the more I kept looking at his dick, I would eventually say fuck it and just leave. Well, okay, hang on a second. Here's here's the thing. This is technically sexual assault. Yeah. One, it's technically sexual assault. Two, uh, when... uh, This is a a thing that I've noticed when two dudes are in a room, and this is totally like a toxic masculinity thing, um, uh, when one person's dick is out, the, the other person always looks at least once. 100%. 100%. You're gonna hate the ending of this story. Oh, God. So, to quote Sean Bond. But <sighs> I, I just have to sit there. I grew up with five brothers. I had seen a dick before. But nothing like his. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Alright! I guess it was supposed to be intimidating. And all of a sudden, comes over to me and takes his dick in his hand and waves it at me. Oh just no! Yeah, no. Out. This is this is Lyndon Johnson. Yeah, like he would it. whip his one. fucking yeah. dick out and be yeah. like, "Oh, like I'll put this in Vietnam." Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> like, you are the president. <laughs> you are a psychopath. <laughs> you are the president of this country. Oh god. It was the size of this, and at that point, this is an interview. Shinebaum grabs a book and look and like gets the spine of the book. It's like that big. His hand wasn't even halfway up the shaft, and he's waving at me and laughing. So I turned <laughs> out and walked out because it wasn't worth it. And he paused again. And that was flaccid. You're right, I do hate this story. I do hate it very, very, (laughs) very much. The other way, the funny thing is, his balls weren't even that big, much like Milo Yiannopoulos. Call back! There you go. Comedy, I did a Herald. That's not the only interaction a young comedian has had with Milton Berle's penis. Mm. Uh, Oh, wait. Ew, no, 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 no. All dudes, all dudes. Uh, well, no, it does, not, does not make a difference. It doesn't help. There's this moment where Tom kind of goes like, yeah, oh, no. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, oh, a thing about Milton Berle, he worked clean publicly. But he was also the creator of the Friars Roast. Do you guys know what the Friars Roast No. So, um, it was basically, it's the reason we have Comedy Central roasts. It was private roasts where Milton Berle and all of his famous friends would- No holds like, barred. No holds barred roast each other. Yeah. Frank Sinatra, George Carlin, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, he was doing all these roasts. Um, and it was just like, you know, the worst humor you can imagine. Like, imagine a bunch of white men in a room making jokes about each other. I would rather like, not. It's not good. <laughs> um, but what's cool? Well, you mean like a little bit like what we're doing here? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, well, Tom, way to fucking paint a picture. Oh uh, God! The Friars Club has actually become much more cool. Like they did a big roast of Quentin Tarantino, and Samuel Jackson was the MC. Oh, was the MC. awesome! My dad's friend is in the band is in a band that is in Pulp Fiction, so he was the house band, and he said it was one of the funniest things that's ever happened. Hey, Quentin, stop making women take off their shoes in Uma your Thurman movies. Took off her shoe, poured wine in it, and went, drink this, you fucking pig. Like, that's what happened at the Quentin Tarantino Friars. Holy like, he shit. Got, he got fucking the, the shit roasted out of him. That's Thurman. fucking amazing. Yeah. God yeah. bless yeah, Uma yeah. Thurman. So, Alan Zwie- uh, Zwiebel was a comedian who was an SNL writer. And I know was, him. Sorry. Yeah, he was an early SNL writer and also wrote for the Oh, Fires I meant Club. like, I, I, know, I know him. You don't know him personally. He's your landlord. I do Wait, know him. why do you know Where do you know him from? Um, he, I met him at this, like, New York writers thing for my aunt. It was really cool. Yeah, he's a, a cool dude. Advice. Yeah. yeah, he's really, he's really funny. He wrote jokes for Burl. Zweeble wrote jokes for Burl. Uh, so they knew each other. And then he got the SNL job. And Milton Burl was hosting one year. Uh, so, this is from Alan Zweeble. Anyways, 
Fast forward a few years, and I'm in Milton Berle's dressing room at SNL. He's sitting on a couch behind a coffee table, and he's wearing a very short kind of bathrobe. We all know where this is going. Oh, God. <laughs> Dick and balls. And somehow, I just say to him, you know, it's so weird that I'm here talking to you, because for years I was writing jokes about your dick. I, he said, I don't, oh, "That's usually talk. that's usually how I open with somebody." Yeah, yeah. hey, uh-huh. Liam, I've been well, actually no, 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 no. Actually, here's how you open with me. Hey, Tom, Tom. I've been talking about my dick forever. forever. Oh my god! Oh There's my god! I can't even fucking believe it. My belt for every dick joke I've made. Yeah, uh, my belt has no notches. <laughs> Uh, and he was like, I wrote all these jokes about your cock and now I'm talking to you. I feel like there's some violation or something here. Men are terrible, is the thesis <laughs> statement I would like to make for this episode. Men are garbage, people. The kitten's uh, okay. Kitten's good. Kitten's good. Kitten, yeah. one of the winners. Everyone else, fuck them. Yep. <laughs> I don't really want to look deep into his, like, personal philosophy. No, because we're going to learn a terrible thing about him. Because kitten's going to be like, yo, I don't think that Jews should vote. And then, <laughs> He's like, and oh, then, no, and no, then it's what? done. You know you know how he was an adult and had his, like, heyday in 1959, five years before the Civil Rights Act was passed. Probably like, not a great guy. I literally me. whispered that joke into Liam's ear. He did. It was very sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, Milton Berle says to him, a, basically a stranger, you mean you never saw it? Milton. Milty. <laughs> Uncle Milty. In what context uh, would a stranger uh, have seen you jump? Uh, uh, no, I don't believe I did, said Alan, the normal guy. <laughs> and before I had a chance, uh, oh, then, then Milton said, well... Well, well, would you like to see? Well, well, hang on. Well, 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 would you like to? Chance to say, not really, or can I think about it or whatever? He parts his bathroom and he just takes out this this anaconda. Oh, fuck off. Shut the fuck up. I don't want to. On the table. That's where food goes, Milton. This is why sh- oh, this is why Werner fucking Herzog was in a Rick and Morty episode where he was like, "Yes, they talk about the penises all the time." That's the worst Werner Herzog impression. I'm so sorry, Mr. Herzog. Uh, I'm looking into the head of Milton Berle's dick. It was enormous. It was like a pepperoni. And he goes, "No, no, 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 no." And I go, Oh, it's really, really nice. At which point, Gilda Radner opens the door. Gilda Radner is maybe the best woman to come out of SNL. Um, in the dressing in the dressing room. And uh, on him going, no, yeah, it's really nice. And then closes the door and says, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> How big was his dick, you say? At his memorial service... When he died. At his memorial! At his memorial they talked about his penis. Oh, dearly Tom, departed. Shut up a the second. dearly departed and his fucking fat hog. <laughs> Tom, shut up. It's time oh. for my favorite segment. What did Freddie Roman say at Milton Burl's funeral? <laughs> he said on May 1st, he will be buried. On May 2nd, his penis will be buried. <laughs> That's not even a good joke. It doesn't make it, any really. sense. This also is not a segment. No, it isn't. No. I was, I was doing a bit. I know you were doing, <laughs> a, bit. doing a bit. I refused to go along with the bit. That's it's... the first time in 23 episodes that he's refused to go on a bit with me. Eric refused to go on a bit with me on, like, episode two. Of <laughs> <laughs> like, and God one. bless you, Eric. I, I appreciate that. You're all wrong. I'm the best. Uh, so here's his most famous dick interaction. I'm an oh. amazing writer. Oh, God. Uh, do you guys know who Jackie Gleason is? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. As in the Honeymooners, he's the basis for F- Fred Flintstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Flintstones is based on an old sitcom called The H- Honeymooners, where he'd be like, one of these days, I'm gonna punch my wife Fred in the mouth. Let me cut to the- like comedy. Let me cut to the end of the story. Sitcom. He sees no, 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 you're good, you're the huge good. dick. No, no, no. Right? Because Jackie knew about it already. Well, Your yeah, friends, but but he definitely ball. sees the dick. No dick appears in this part of the story. He, that's ridiculous. Why are you but okay. Because you'll see. What? Shut up. So, Milton Berle and Jackie Gleason, I am talking. It always makes people quiet. <laughs> Milton Berle and Jackie Gleason were sitting in a steam bath one day, you know. Like as you do. do. Sure. I, well, no, no, no. They were uh, amigos. I would sit in a steam bath with you. I would sit in a steam bath with you. I would not sit in a steam bath with Eric because he wouldn't let me. <laughs> Why would I not let you? Eric is very, Eric, Eric is very insecure. He's insecure about my sexuality, though. That's the weird part. (laughs) Me too. Okay, so Milton Berle and Jackie Gleason were sitting in a scene bath one day. It's like the worst, worst beginning of a joke. Just two, two very, very heavy, sweaty, heavy, sweaty boys glistening, glistening in the dim light of a sweat room. In walks a man Come who confronts on. Milton Berle. Are you having a moment there? I kind of want to see what you're talking about. A little bit. Yeah, I kind of want to see what this story goes. Hey, hey, my name, is, my name is Chuck Tingle, and this is my <laughs> latest novel. Two very, very sweaty, famous boys are in a room with each other, and one of them has a fucking fat hog. Uh, I believe it was long, not fat. <laughs> Uh, oh, pot- to tomato, tomato, tomato. It's a very potato, potato situation. All right, so a guy walks into the steam room and says, Uncle Milty. <laughs> Weird. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey, Uncle Milty with your huge dick. I heard too much about your legendary, legendary Hollywood schlong. Hey, Uncle. Hey, Uncle. I know a lot about your penis. Hey, <laughs> Uncle. You're my uncle. He's reading this off of his hand, probably. Oh, my God. I think mine's bigger. I want to compare. Hey. Wh- person I've immediately established some sort of familiar relationship with. Let's talk about dicks. Yours and mine. Do not care. Do not care. Do not care. Yours and mine. Yours and mine. You are my brother's brother. You're my father's brother. You're at the finish line and you're pulling my legs out from under me. You're more like pulling your huge dick out from under you. I think mine's bigger. I want, that's what they described as. I want to compare. The man whips off his towel and reveals a substantial, impressive member. This substantial, you know, a substantial member. Uncle We're not Mil- on an archive of our own. Uncle Milty looks at it and sets his cigar down. <laughs> He's smoking a cigar. No, no, no. Nobody's room. smoking a cigar. The cigar is a metaphor for his penis because it is so long and Thanks, fat. Thanks, Floyd. All your theories have been disproven. Oh, you and oh. a hot mom. Milton starts starts to unwrap his towel, but Jackie Gleason stops him and just says, just take enough out to win. Oh my god. Fucking mic drop. And that is the story of Milton Berle, his terrible comedy, his joke stealing, and his gigantic penis. Alright, that was the end of this uh, trash compactor of a live episode. Uh, I had fun. Did you have fun, Tom? After my story, yes. Um, we have a plug section. Go look at it. Listen to the Shamanime podcast with Eric and I. Jamie yeah. Dillon, what a strong character. Just Follow support my Twitter. existence. Yeah. <laughs> what like a testimonial. And 
Thank you, listeners. Uh, like and subscribe us on iTunes. Oh, wait, I do have something to plug. I believe Demi Lovato has a new album oh, coming out. Demi Lovato has a new album coming out, and we would like you all to support it. Support Zoe Quinn. Support Demi Lovato. Yes. Support the kitten. Don't support Milton Berle. Zoe Quinn, Anita Sarkeesian, Brianna uh, Wu, uh, despite... Yeah. So just because we go through this every episode, please like and subscribe us on iTunes. If you want us to tell your stories, uh, message us. Yes. Do that. There's a plug section on our website. And uh, if you have a corrections for us, let us know so we can say it on there. For sure. And if you're a pro gamer, get supported. Don't fucking yeah, fuck correct us. Eat right, shit. Tom, uh, take us out while I, pop, while I uh, take care of the computer shit. We'll be there for you. <laughs> That's always a question. Always a question. Never an answer. <laughs>